Join us today for an action-packed episode of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, where we discuss some of our favorite starting pitcher targets with our special guest, Frank Stanfield. You are Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your daily fantasy baseball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, fantasy baseball fanatics, and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by the Locked On Sports Network, your team every day. As always, we're your number one source of fantasy baseball knowledge, and thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. If you're listening on a platform like Apple or Spotify that allows five-star ratings or reviews, we would truly appreciate it if you could do that for us. And if you're watching on YouTube, hit that little bell below. It subscribes to the channel and gives you a notification every time we drop a new episode. I'm your host, Dominic Martino. You can find me on Twitter at Dom Martino FB. Here, as always, with my brother, my co-host, my partner in crime, Matthew Ane. You can find him on Twitter at Matthew underscore Ane. And we are honored to be joined by our legendary guest, the host of the CBS Fantasy Baseball Podcast, Frank Stanfield. Uh, Frank, why don't you talk to the fans if they don't already know who you are? Introduce yourself and let them know where they can find your work. Well, I appreciate that great intro. Not sure that I've reached legendary status yet, but I do appreciate <laughs> that. Uh, you can listen to me right now in the offseason. We've got two podcasts per week, Fantasy Baseball Today over at CBS Sports uh, as we lead up to the start of the season. I'll be writing some things on the website, some sleepers, breakouts, and busts. We also have a five-minute podcast if you uh, if you can't get the full-length one, Fantasy Baseball Today in 5. We've got a YouTube channel. You can follow me on Twitter, x at roto underscore frank. So, all that fun stuff. I appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you. And, uh, you know, seriously, again, thank you for being on the show. And, guys, we got a good one for you. We're going to be going over early must draft starting pitchers, and it's going to be a good one. We got a bunch of good names, and we're going to kick it off with Frank's first guy here. All right. Yeah. I'm going to start things off here with uh, Bobby Miller, who just had a solid rookie season 376 ERA, a 110 whip just under a strikeout per inning, gets a good amount of ground balls, uh, got even better in the second half. And something I noticed in that second half is he did change the pitch mix a little bit where he dropped his slider usage, raised that curveball usage. And I think that was a smart thing for him to do because that curveball looks like it could be an elite pitch for him. 184 batting average against 13.3% swinging strike rate. Elite spin rates, 89th percentile on that curveball. We've heard Bobby Miller's name for years. We know he has that prospect pedigree. Throws extremely hard, 99 miles per hour on the fastball. He also has an awesome changeup. So everything seems to be there from the velocity. He's got two great secondary uh, offerings as well. And the early ADP, it's a little bit high, 87.4. But names like Grayson Rodriguez, Yuri Perez, they're going about 17, 20 picks ahead of him. And I'm not sure that there should be a disparity. So I like where Bobby Miller is going right now. Maybe he starts to creep up a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I do. I do like Bobby Miller. Everything I've looked into so far, uh, he is a name that I will be targeting uh, in 2024. Yeah, Frank, I'm I'm in agreement with you there. I, somebody I'm still deep diving on myself. As you said, really like the stuff there from Bobby Miller. Maybe he could mix in that, that change up that's really good a little bit more. He threw it 16% of the time last year. Um, that, that big fastball, love that from Bobby Miller. Uh, the only thing, Frank, and I want to throw this your way, 124 innings in the majors last year, 14 in the minors. 
Um, so what are you thinking Bobby Miller's innings limit is looking like this year? You think maybe 160, 170, those are, that's where I'm thinking when I'm looking at Bobby Miller and, you know, we're, t- we're looking at him as a potential SP two on our teams. Um, what's your thoughts on the innings there, Frank? Yeah, I, I think that's probably fair. I, I would probably project, yeah, 160, 170. And anything you get more than that, I, I think is gravy. But again, the same thing I think could be said for like a Yuri Perez. Maybe this is just like Yuri Perez is being overdrafted right now. But I mean, how many innings are we going to get from him? I, I I would probably project less. I'd probably go for like 150. And anything more than that, I feel pretty good about. So, uh, you know, Yuri Perez, higher end prospect. I get that. But Bobby Miller on the better team also has amazing stuff. I would say 160, 170, uh, and I, I'd feel pretty good about that projection. Okay. No, I'm, I'm digging it. You're kind of talking me into Bobby Miller because I wasn't really buying the ADP. I feel like I couldn't take him as my, my SP2, almost SP3, just based off of the fact he hasn't done him a little bit more conservative earlier in the drafts. But, man, now you got me kind of rethinking my whole perspective on him. So, of course, like always, you do that to me. <laughs> challenge, challenge my knowledge here. But, uh, yeah, um, that's all I got on Bobby Miller. Why don't you hit us with your next one? Yeah, the next one up here is Kyle Bradish, who I didn't really know how I was going to react to his breakout season. But once I sat down, dive in a little bit, the numbers were elite across the board. A two, 283 ERA, a 104 whip. The, uh, the underlying numbers seem to line up with that as well. He lowered the walks from 2022 to 2023. Uh, also severely cut down on the home runs. I think, obviously, pitching in this new version of Camden helps pitchers we've seen a lot of their pitchers perform well there and and able to cut down on that strikeout rate he gets a good amount of ground balls and for those who care about Eno Saris's stuff plus metric I mean this is something we're <laughs> kind of learning more about but it's exactly what it sounds like it, 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 me- it measures pitch characteristics and tells you how good a pitcher's stuff is based on you know they spit out like an algorithm a number and Kyle Bradish ranked second among all qualified starting pitchers. I mean, he was only behind Corbin Burns, the second best stuff plus, according to, again, Eno Saris. And I liked the changes to the pitch mix as well that Kyle Bradish made this year. Lowered the four-seam fastball. That's a pitch that got hit very hard in 2022. Threw more sinkers this year. And he has two elite secondary offerings with the slider and the curveball. So, again, I like the changes he made. It's a good ballpark. It's a good team that he pitches on as well. The early ADP... You know, you might just dive in and say, wow, you know, you got to pay up for Kyle Bradish. He's going inside the top 100, but I'm still kind of figuring out my starting pitcher strategy. I think if you grab an ace type pitcher up top and then maybe you wait until like the fifth or sixth and you grab Bobby Miller, then you wait like two more rounds and you grab a Kyle Bradish. I think that has the makings of being a really good rotation. Again, I'm, I'm still kind of working through this and trying to figure out strategy myself, but that's kind of like the early lean. I, I think I'm going to try and get one of or both. Bobby Miller, Kyle Bradish is like my SP2 or SP3. Yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with you with Kyle Bradish. I'm kind of bullish on him. Uh, you know, my early rankings just in general, I have him, I think, in like my top 35. Like Bradish just last year just took it to a whole nother level for me. I'm super excited for what he can do, especially with that young Orioles team. Like they're just going to, you know, have wins out to the wazoo. And I'm just like, okay, I want a piece of that cake. And honestly, the draft price is kind of right for me. I'm going to be upset if it gets any higher, honestly, which I think as we get closer to draft season, you know, it's probably going to be closer up to like 75, maybe even, you know, 80. I mean, 75 or or 65, and it's just going to be really rough. But at the same time, I'm kind of okay with it. 
Yeah, I I'm I like I like Radish too. I you guys kind of really did a great job covering him there. Just excited with Baltimore's doing with this young team, the young rotation, a lot of promise there. So I'm not really going to add too much more there. But before we move on, and uh, Frank's got a couple of more guys he likes, then we're going to move into Matt and I's favorite targets here. We're going to hit you guys with a quick ad. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time now to get in the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including point spreads, player options, over <laughs> player props, over and under, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off this NFL season. Vandal, official partner of the NFL. All right, guys. On top of that, Locked On has launched its first ever national 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for your 24-7 coverage. The top stories and of the day with lo- local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national 24-7 sports streaming channel. Ah, all right. And with that being said and all that wonderful talking, you got, I think, about two more guys for us. So let's hit it. Yeah. So next up, we've got Bailey Ober. And I think people are just missing the boat here. Maybe they're overthinking things with Bailey Ober. He has made 57 starts in the majors with a 363 ERA and a 111 whip right at a strikeout per inning. 1.8 walks per nine. So you know that the control is awesome. 13% swinging strike rate in his career, which actually got better this past season. He was up to 13.8%. That was tied for seventh best among starting pitchers with at least 140 innings. So everything seems to be there for Bailey Ober. He's got a three-pitch mix. He's got the four seam that he throws up in the zone. He's got a strong changeup to go along with a solid slider. The fastball is not hard. He only throws at 91 miles per hour, but... This is a big dude, six foot nine. He gets a lot of extension. We're talking about 98th percentile extension, according to StatCast. So what that does is it helps the fastball play up, and he's throwing that up in the zone. He's throwing the slider and the changeup down in the zone. It kind of just feels like people are overthinking this. The Twins have done a great job with their starting pitchers. The early EDP, 171.4. I don't know if you guys have anything different, but I really like what I've seen so far from Paley Ober. Yeah, uh, Frank, literally when, you know, um, we were doing the planning for this episode and you threw the names that you were going to talk about your way, this is one I saw and my eyes lit up because I was like, I guess I'm not alone on the ship anymore. I mean, I, I love Bailey Ober. And as you're saying, the, the early ADP just shows that I don't think everybody's done their research and is on Bailey Ober and has seen all of the underlying stuff and not even just the underlying stuff. The stuff you see at face value, the the 343 ERA, um, you know, over that K per nine. And uh, the strong whip when you're just looking at like, you know, the, the basic stuff, it just you got to love it. You know, you pointed out his whole career statistics in the bigs look fantastic. A lot to love here. I think his name's going to get talked up a bit. We might have to pay up a little bit more come draft season, but I love Bailey Ober. I have him as a top 35 starting pitcher um, heading into the season. Man, way to just take out all the air in the room and every single fact between the two of you guys. I have to stay on this, honestly. The next guy, though, I'm excited for you to talk about. So go ahead and hit that frame. Yeah, the next one is Aaron Savali, and admittedly, I've always just been a fan. It feels like there's always been some meat left on the bone for Aaron Savali. He hasn't been able to stay healthy for a full season, but when he has pitched, he's been pretty good, and he showed that last year as well. 346, I say last year. 
last season, the season that just ended. It's still this year, technically. 346 ERA, 116 whip, right around a strikeout per inning. Uh, it's so interesting, his breakdown by team, because if you look at what he did with the Guardians, the surface level numbers were amazing. A 234 ERA, a 104 whip. Uh, but the underlying numbers were not. They did not support that one bit. You look at the XFIP, the Sierra, the K-minus walk rate, not good when he was in Cleveland. Then the opposite happens. He goes to Tampa Bay. His ERA is up over five. He's got a 137 whip, but the underlying numbers were amazing. We're talking about a 326 XFIP, a 335 Sierra, 23.7% K-minus walk rate. So everything was awesome with Tampa Bay. It's mainly a four-pitch mix here with an elite curveball. He's always had a really, really good curveball. 188 batting average against 97th percentile and spin rate this past season. And now he gets an entire offseason with Tampa Bay. They gave up a pretty good prospect to get him too in Kyle Manzardo. So my thinking is Tampa Bay really likes Aaron Savali. He gets a whole offseason with them. We just saw what they did with Zach Eflin, a very comparable yeah. pitcher who had an elite curveball and not much else. And he just finishes a top 10 starting pitcher. Not saying that's going to happen, but I think that there is big upside here with Savali. And even if he doesn't take a step forward, you look at his career numbers, 392 ERA, 117 whip, that won't kill you. So I think there's a solid floor here, and there is room for improvement pitching with the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah, I feel like he's just everybody's guilty pleasure when it comes to fantasy baseball. <laughs> I love him too. Like, you, you just think about it. If he would just stay healthy for a full season, those numbers would just be absolutely bananas. And I, I just think that, like you said, what they did with Avetta is just unreal. And they should do this with Aaron Savali and just take it to a whole nother level. Plus pitching in Tampa for half his starts just elevates that in that nice deep, deep yard there. So Aaron Savali is going to be great for 2024. Yeah. Once again, you guys, you know, did a great job talking about Savali there. I don't have too much to add um, besides just a, a great pitcher that I've always had my eye on too. Uh, I really Savali had a great run at the end of 2022 that kind of Matt and I talked about him in the offseason a lot coming into, you know, last year to keep your eye on him. His last 14 starts in 2022 were actually fantastic. Um, he had nine wins, five losses throughout that time, 72 innings, 71 strikeouts, a three two nine, a three two four ERA with a three two nine FIP. Batters hit two seventeen against him over that time. So he he's always shown those signs. He goes on these long stretches where he looks fantastic. Hopefully, Tampa Bay, you know, who's done a great job with starting pitching, as you guys talked about, can you know sink their jaws into him this offseason, and we're gonna see a guy that's gonna have fantastic results. Um, but Matt, my brother, let's move on to some of your favorite targets. Uh, I know you got a couple of good names lined up. Who do you want to go with first, my brother? I'm gonna hit it with my probably my favorite you know, name out of the, out of the bunch. And that's Gavin Williams. Uh, you know, guy was really looking forward to getting the call last year. And I think when, once he finally did get the call, it was a little tough sledding, but was still able to show some, you know, bright spots and then finally got it together. You know, as you got deeper into this season with him and the overall numbers on the, on the season, how he finished was pretty nice too. 82 winnings pitch, 81 strikeouts, you know, a three, two, nine ERA with a one, two, five, six whip. Whip was a little high for me, but, you know, you look at his minor league track track his track record, and it's just like, yo, the kid has some good stuff. Like, definitely over a K per nine guy because he had sixty innings to eighty one innings pitched, uh, eighty one strikeouts. While well, I'm all backwards today, and uh, a two thirty nine ERA with a sub one WHIP. Like, you know, that's just fantastic. And it kind of showed himself when once we got into like, you know, the months of specifically August when he really just lit up the world. He had what? Sorry, wrong thing here. He had 27 innings pitch. He had 37 strikeouts, and he had a 3.62 ERA. And then, 
you know, followed up that next month, even though it was a little bit limited, more limited on the innings. It was 17 innings pitch with a 2.65 ERA. And it just was starting to look real magical from Gavin Williams. I think the step forward for 2024 is just going to be somewhere around, you know, probably about 140, 150 innings pitch. And then you're probably looking at, you know, a, a serious step forward that we're going to start comparing him going into 2025 as possibly at least, you know, let me not, let me not super inflate this dude, but some, something along the lines of what Shane Bieber was coming up in his second full year, where it's just going to be like, wow, okay, what's 2025 going to be. So Gavin Williams, so much upside for 2024. Yeah, Matt, you, a lot of great points on Gavin Williams, a guy that I'm high on too. Uh, you know, Cleveland's got a lot of you know, young, great pitchers coming up through the pipeline and uh, we'll, Hopefully we'll get to talk about one of them later. Uh, great fastball with Gavin Williams, you know, um, sits around 96 normally. Uh, Frank was talking about extension before with a guy like Bailey Ober. You know, Gavin Williams is another guy that's up there in, you know, 99th percentile when it comes to ex- extension. So he's got that big fastball already. Poppy plays up a little bit even more. The slider is good there with Gavin Williams. I, I really like the pitch mix for him. Uh, he's got a lot of promise. The The ADP right now I think is very, very fair on him. He's coming off the board early ADP, um, pick 147, uh, 61st pitcher overall. Once again, on you know using NFBC early ADP here, and you can't sort by starting pitcher and uh, closers there. So um, I think that's very fair. I have Gavin Williams, I believe, in my top, um, I think, 50 starting pitchers going into next year. Franks, your thoughts on the young Gavin Williams? Yeah, I think you guys hit on a lot of the main points here. He throws hard. The slider and the curveball look like they're they're both solid pitches for him. He can get whiffs with both of them. The only thing is the control. How prohibitive is it going to be? Because over four walks per nine, I mean, that's that, that's pretty bad. It, now, look, he was a rookie, so I get that. I don't want to hold it against him too much. If everything works out for him, he might be able to do it the same way that like Kodai Senga did it this year. Okay, a higher whip, but really good ERA, lots of strikeouts as well. Um I don't know that you could bank on the control getting much better because he did struggle with it in the minors as well. I think the ADP is fine, and obviously Cleveland does a great job with their starting pitchers. Uh, but, yeah, he, he's a player I think I like so far, but maybe don't love because I do worry about the whip a little bit. Fair point, fair point. I just, uh, I'm kind of in love. I can't even lie. The excitement in me is just building up. The upside is there, but yes, the whip is definitely something that's a fear factor for everybody and should be. And before we move on, we hit you with all these awesome names that we have left here. We have one last sponsor for you. All right, and we are back, and we got more names for you, more exciting times, and we're going to start off with Mr. Ryan Pepio. Ryan Pepio, I can't, sometimes I can't even speak, but yes, um, you know, Dodgers pitcher, 6'3", 215 pounds, came in, got a nice little shot at the bigs this year, 42 innings pitched, he had 38 strikeouts, an ERA of 214, and a whip of .76. Now, Pepio is just somebody that I've just always kind of like really was interested in and was really excited to see him finally get the call this year because Last year, he really showed out in his, you know, short little stint in, uh, I apologize, in the uh, in the minors. Well, not really short. 91 innings pitch. He had 114 strikeouts, a 2.56 ERA with a 107 whip. Like, those numbers were really intriguing and honestly pretty elite for a minor league pitcher. And I was hoping that he would translate to the bigs, not to this level, especially when you see his fifth that was more kind of, you know, telling the truth behind what was really going on with him and, 
you know, he was overperforming that by, you know, two whole runs, whereas ERA was 214 and his whip was about a four. So, I mean, his FIP was a four. I'm all over the place. But anyway, uh, you know, he was pitching a little above board than what he was actually pitching if he had an average defense behind him. But I feel like he can bring that down to earth, at least finish with like a 3-5 ERA and, you know, really bring it all together. I think Pepio is going to have a really bright and intriguing season in 2024. Yeah, my Pepe is a guy I, I still have to, you know, um, dive a little uh, deeper into this offseason. Uh, I really like, you know, what I see on the surface here. Uh, it has a pretty strong track record through the minors. I just love the young core that the Dodgers do have coming up through the system here with um, Miller, who we talked about earlier, Pepe Sheehan, Gavin Stone, a lot of young talent. Uh, once again, you know, Pepe is just somebody you have to dig deeper into. Uh, throws that fastball pretty often, sits around 94. He's got a change up there that he throws a little bit more as well. Um, Frank, I don't know if you have dug deeper into Pepeo this season and your thoughts on him. I love what we saw down the stretch. I mean, he was awesome. He was a potential league winner if you picked him up. Wound up with a 214 ERA, .76 whip. Can he maintain the gains in control? That is the huge question because in the short sample we saw in 2022, 6.7 walks per nine. I mean, this guy was known for having really, really bad control uh, and then just completely flipped it this year. We're talking right about one walks per nine. The Dodgers do do a great job in developing their starting pitchers. And as of now, when we're recording this, it's uh, December 12th. They are relying on Ryan Pepio. They don't really have much yeah. depth in their rotation. They've got Walker Bueller up top, who's coming back from his second Tommy John surgery. Bobby Miller, who is also a young starting pitcher, a prospect that they're relying on a lot. And then you get into Pepio, Yarbrough, Emmett Sheehan. Maybe they sign a Yamamoto or a Blake Snell or someone like that. My guess is they probably will bring in at least one pitcher. Even that, they're they're still relying on Ryan Pepio. So uh, I think the workload should be there. Can he maintain the gains in control? I really, really do like what we saw in terms of the stuff. Um, and where he's going, 204 ADP, I like it. And pitches for a really good team too. So yeah, just outside the top 200, I'm in on Ryan Pepio. Yeah, I think that's a great dart. I think that's a great way to throw your dart after pick 200 with Ryan Pepio. Yeah, for sure. And you know what? I got another late round guy and I'm loving him as well. It's sometimes I fall in love with these later guys since pitching just costs a little bit more towards the end. And, you know, I just can always fill out the bottom of my rotation. And this is another guy, Braxton Garrett, who I feel just really built off of 2022 and was able to just say, okay, here I am. I'm 2023 and really lit up the world here with a two, five, nine ER, uh, two, 259, uh, innings pitched. God, I'm all over the place. 159 innings pitched, 156 strikeouts, a three, six, six ERA and a one, one, four whip. Like it was fantastic season from him. I didn't expect it to be, this crazy going double the innings that he uh, pitched the year before with 88 innings pitched, and he had a 3.58 ERA. With the strikeouts were always there for him, so it's just it's really nice to see that he's taking the step uh, step forward. And Miami just really knows what they're doing with pitching. So I think next year he's going to be somebody that we're going to be drafting later in the season. That's going to be uh, later in the draft where he's just going to be you know a real value as uh, and be pretty pretty strong for your rotation. 
Yeah, I like I like Braxton Garrett too. You know, this is a guy that Matt and I have talked a lot about over the last two years. Numbers look very solid, and you know, a big thing for Braxton Garrett this year, Matt, you were talking about that whip that he cut down. He he really dropped the walks. Uh, K per nine went you know um, from two point five last year to one point six this last year. Uh, I think the big thing is there's a lot of mouths to feed over there, even with Sandy Alcantara gone. And what is Miami going to do with that rotation? I would think, I would love to think that Braxton Garrett does have a spot right now. Um, I'm pulling up um, right now, looking at the roster resource, and they have it as Lazardo, Yuri Perez, Braxton Garrett, Edward Cabrera, Trevor Rogers. But they also have like a Max Meyer coming back. Um, what about Trevor Rogers? Uh, Trevor Rogers isn't there already. Um, so I kind of just want to see how things work out here with that rotation. Once again, I'm pretty sure Braxton Garrett's going to be there. Um, I have him ranked as my 60th starting pitcher going into next season. Uh, Frank, how about you? What's your thoughts here on Braxton Garrett? You know, Braxton Garrett, he's not a similar pitcher to Bailey Ober. In fact, they're they're quite different. But I think they're similar in that people might just be missing the boat. They might be overthinking things because since the start of 2022, Braxton Garrett has thrown nearly 250 innings. During that time, a 363 ERA and a 118 whip. I mean, that tells you everything you need to know. 11.4% swinging strike rate during that time. He added a new cutter last year, which was a good pitch for him. He has a tremendous slider that had a 168 batting average against and a nearly 21% swinging strike rate. Doesn't throw particularly hard, but I don't think that he needs to. He's kind of like this jack-of-all-trades kind of pitcher. It's a great ballpark to pitch into. You mentioned some of the names that they have. I think that they're relying on Garrett too. I mean, what are you going to get workload wise from Edward Cabrera? He has a lot of trouble throwing strikes. Trevor Rogers has not been able to stay on the field. And now you have Max Meyer coming back from Tommy John surgery. I think Braxton Garrett is kind of locked in there as one of their top three pitchers who they need to provide innings. And if he does anything close to what he's done the past two years, he's going to be really valuable. Oh yeah. All right, Dom. I think we got, we got time for your names now. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll maybe, maybe mix in one or two of my guys here at the end. The whole thing was is once I saw the names that you guys had, you kind of hit on a lot of the names that I liked. But um, Matt was Matt. This was Matt's fourth guy, actually. And he was gracious enough to throw him my way. Um, Tanner Bybee. I really loved what I saw from Bybee this season, you know, um, as a rookie. Uh, had a little bit up ups and downs, but when you look on what he did at 24 years old and his first taste of the majors, you have to love it. Uh, 10 wins, four losses for Bybee. 2.98 ERA was 25 starts, 142 innings, 141 strikeouts, a 117 WHIP, and honestly, he just looked pretty good. You know, didn't walk too many guys either. Um, Bybee, when you know you go to uh, Baseball Savant, you know, we talk about every once in a while, the good amount of red on that page. That's what, always what you're looking for. Uh, you know, got a good pitch mix to the fastball is very nice from him. Sits around 95, mixes in a nice slider, throws a change up in there 16% of the time as well. And there's a curve in there too. So he's throwing four pitches out there, that young baby. And he was just always solid across, you know, his, you know, minor league stint in uh, 2022 in the minors. Baby was dominant with. 25 starts, 217 ERA, 132 innings, 167 strikeouts, and 096 whip there for Bybee. And um, I don't think the price is crazy on him when we're looking at um, early ADP. Pick 113, I think that's you know pretty good. I, I have him pretty high in my rankings going into next year. I actually have Tanner Bybee as my pitcher 34 overall. Uh, I really love what we saw from him once again. Um, Matt, Frank, I don't know who wants to hop in next, but I, I love Bybee. I really like Bybee too. And again, Cleveland does a great job with their pitcher progression. I play in just one dynasty league and I've got Tanner Bybee. So I mean, obviously I'm rooting for the guy. Some people might point to 
the ERA estimators, 422 XFIP, 419 Sierra, and say, all right, some regression is coming. But I think there's room for his control to improve because if you look at his minor league numbers, he wasn't the, the walks weren't really an issue for him, and they kind of were a little bit this year. So I would expect maybe those to come down a little bit and some of those numbers to normalize. Probably won't pitch to a sub three ERA again, but like low to mid threes ERA, strikeout per inning on a team that knows how to develop pitching. I, I think that's probably a fair expectation for him. Yeah, and I I feel the price is right right now with going as like the what pitcher fifty right now at early ADP. Like, gosh, I I, don't, I feel co- totally comfortable even if he were like my pitcher three at this point. That there is no way, no doubt in my mind that he isn't going to be somebody that you can honestly lean on as your pitcher three going in the twenty twenty four. Like, Bybee just has I think another level to him, and I'm excited to see what that brings. Yeah, so um, we'll, I got one last guy here that we'll talk about, and then, you know, we'll call things quits. And, you know, what a better way to end things, talking about uh, a New York guy, all three of us, you know, are our Yankee guys here. So let's talk about nasty Nestor Cortez. And coming into last year, all of the hype, you know, it, it was there. Um, I want to talk about just, you know, um, Nestor Cortez 2021 to 2022, because this is another guy that, you know, Frank kept saying, you know, um, talking about overthinking it. I know he's coming off the, you know, the rotator cuff issue, um, but I, I, all indicators are that he's going to be healthy coming into the year. Um, let's once again, I want to talk about those stats from 2021 to 2022. It's 42 starts, 50 games overall, had 14 wins, seven losses. Nestor Cortez, once again, 261 ERA, 251 innings, 266 strikeouts. Uh, the FIP looked good at a 337. The whip was an 097. Uh, I know it looked really bad this year, but I just think it had a lot to do with injuries. And, you know, Nestor Cortez is still only going to be 29 years old. And I believe the last time I checked, the ADP is, you know, pretty reasonable on our boy Nasty Nestor. As I scroll here and try and locate him, that's a good sign right there. Uh, 114. There you go. One pick, 114. I, I, I think that's a solid price for a guy that can, you know, potentially be you know an elite starting pitcher for you is that pick 114 or pitcher 114 pitcher 114 oh pitcher 114 there you go it's like 312.8 oh there you go Nestor Cortez is left for dead right now there are question marks of course coming back from shoulder a shoulder injury this drastic obviously he does allow a lot of fly balls and he gave up some hard contact this year so that's not really a recipe that I like to see in Yankee Stadium however his ADP last year in 2022 was 123.7. So now that has more than doubled. I mean, yeah. he's outside the top 300 now, and he pitches for what should be a good team. If he's healthy, if he can give you 150 innings, you know, 23, 24, 25 starts this season, he should be able to pay off that price tag pretty easily. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, for, for time saving, I don't even think I need to add to that or anything like that. So, Dom, why don't you take us, to, take us out of here, bro? Yeah, just once again, huge shout out to Frank. Thank you for doing this. We are, we appreciate so much having you on the show. Uh, big fans here. Once again, go check him out. Um, does the CBS Fantasy Baseball podcast, and they have um, the CBS Fantasy Baseball on five. Um, and you could check out his work on CBS.com as well. Um, so once again, please subscribe, comment, rate, and review, guys. Until next time, see you. Peace.